Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No one pulls up like we do. No one does us like we do. Always go hard with this crew. Welcome to the show. Let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us. It's time to get rough. Turn the whole room up. It's never enough. Let's go. 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 Welcome back. Here we are, SENSA Breakfast. Bryce, another big show today. I'll ask you the sporting question very soon because, remember, I've um, I've started throwing some real curveballs at you. A uh, big one today, though, mate. It has been a, a great show. Um, tribute to the, the greatest Australian influencers, uh, women in sport. So we uh, we speak some some really key people in that space Um and it's it's been a really good show. Yeah, a lot of people got involved. Today was the first day as well. I really started copying some heat on the text line, which was expected, and I've been mentally preparing about how to handle that. But um, the text talking about people like Kathy Freeman, Sam Kerr, Susie O'Neill, Lauren Jackson, Erin um, Phillips, this is all after Daisy Pierce's retirement from um, the AFLW. So we appreciate you getting involved. You can always call as well, one uh, 736 736 And Mark Woodford was a really good chat about the Australian Open. He certainly was. He updates us with all... That's happening over in at Melbourne Park at the moment. Uh, on the the female side of things, we have Isabel Hodgson from Adelaide United and Darcy Brown, the Australian women's cricket team as well. Jacob Surgeon checked in to uh, give us an update on how his North Adelaide Roosters are going as well. Yeah, uh, Serge loves a chat. So that chat goes for about half an hour because we couldn't shut him up. But um, he's a brilliant person and a brilliant coach. So here is your, your quick curveball question. Um, you had a, a stellar professional career in the AFL. Um, pick one teammate who had the worst body odor. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to have to stitch up my best mate uh, in Mark Murphy. I shared a locker next to him, mm. so um, only fair that uh, he gets the nomination. I did hear that Nick Del Santo used to use um, uh, mouthwash every time he ran out to play. And I don't know why. Like, is it is it a thing where some players like to have nice breath when they're about to run out and play football? I don't know about breath, but Brendan Favola used to spray himself with cologne. So <laughs> he used to um, comment all the time that whoever was playing on him at fullback would always turn to him and say, geez, you smell good. That's good. And it maybe it was his way of getting in their head nice <sighs> and early in the game. I like that. I like that. See, this is the gold that you get exclusively on the podcast. We are back on Tuesday morning. So make sure you keep listening to SENSA right across your weekend as well. And we'll catch you then. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Winning deals always. MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Thursday morning. Good morning to you, Bryce Gibbs. I'm um, a little bit nervous this morning because um, 
you haven't had much sleep. You had a big night last night, and I'm I'm just concerned there is going to be um, a bit of a grumpy Gibbs this morning. Oh. Can you talk us through what's going on? Because I'm uh, we can we can talk about everything that's happening around Adelaide and sport, but I'm nervous. You're nervous? Yeah. Oh, no, I can reassure you. When we talk about a big night, I wasn't out on the turps Absolutely until not. Uh, 3am or anything like that. Uh, just come off Hindley Street, et cetera, et cetera. Are you but, saying uh, you weren't in Noosa with your shirt off, uh, limping uh, with Michael Clark? Getting in fights in restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not okay. quite to those levels. No, I just had a big day. You know, Jared, sometimes you have them. Yeah. Hump day, uh, early start, late finish, but that's okay. We're here. We'll push through. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to today's show as well because it is uh, Ladies' Day, obviously. Um, reflecting on the retirement of Daisy Pierce over the past 24 hours and, and what we thought we'd do was talk about some influential female athletes. We'll get Jason really soon to uh, let you know what's happening on our Twitter poll. You can always give us a call as well. one 736 736 And if anybody is passing by SENSA Studio Lumo, uh, 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA, just bring coffees. I think what happens is you get to the end of the week when it's your first week of doing breakfast radio, your first week back in 2023, and you start fatiguing a little bit. Um, do you get grumpy when you're tired? Because I'm I'm probably uh, with my family, I've got two young daughters, one six, my favourite one's two, and I feel that um, I just get a short temper and I get a bit impatient. I'm not necessarily grumpy, but my, my wife would probably suggest otherwise. What are you like? No, nah, I'm certainly in that boat, Jared. I uh, I need my beauty sleep. Um, and yeah, I, I tend to get on the grumpy side as well if, if I don't get my, uh, my eight hours. So Brecky Radio, it's uh, certainly has thrown up some challenges to me at times. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm all about learning, all about moving forward, all about taking it all on board. What were you like uh, after a loss? Because a, a professional athlete, you prepare so much um, mentally and physically for a competition. After a loss, is it stay away from me? Do you have a 24-hour rule? How do you work through that? No, I was pretty grumpy. I was pretty... Uh, I would come back inside myself and, and not give too much. And speaking about Ladies' Day, um, hats off to the to the wives uh, and uh, pump up for them because yeah. they're the ones that usually cop it. So, uh, as you said, after a loss or if I've been down on form for a couple of weeks, um, poor Lauren, my wife, is uh, probably the first one to, to cop it. Mm, okay, fair Unfortunately. enough. Um, our producer, Jason Regan's here. He's the, the first voice that you'll hear when you call one 736 736 And don't forget, just for calling the show today or getting involved, you got the chance to win that Signet Boost Power Bank, valued at fifty nine ninety five. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Jace, what's going on on the poll today? Uh, well, first of all, can I say, if Lauren's not copying it from Gibbsy, normally it's me, I think I'm Gibbsy's work wife. So really, yeah, I think that's, this is what I'm going to learn over the next legit. couple of weeks. I think yeah. he's been all right, but uh, when he's a grumpy until he gets a coffee into him normally or a prepped in this case, that's what I've noticed because yeah, yeah. when he walked into the studio, we didn't talk for 20 minutes. So, um, I'm like, do I say something now? Am I in trouble? <laughs> no, we love you, Gibbsy. Uh, and he'll fire up, uh, in about two minutes time when we start talking about the most influential women in sport in this country, and there's plenty of them. Uh, we put a little post up last night just to gauge some interest on this. Elise Perry, Sam Kerr, Ash Barty, um, they've all been named. Daisy Pierce, of course, Lauren Jackson. You know the one that hasn't been named yet that's really caught me off guard? Mm. Where's Erin Phillips? 
This is a woman who represented Australia in basketball at the Olympic Games. She's played at the highest level in the WNBA. Nobody's mentioned her in this yet on Twitter or via text. You could, have, and you could have put her in your own poll, Jase. Yeah, I you could have, have done that, Jase. I could have put I mean... her in my own poll, but <laughs> I went with what the people have said. So you're right. I did put other in there, hoping that that would prompt someone who barracks for Port Adelaide perhaps to go and stick her in there. But um, that's what I'm doing right now. So text her through, please. And, and let's let's get Erin into this debate because she is a dead set star, that woman. Okay. Well, Jase is coming to the studio very aggressive this morning. Yeah, and I'm I mean, fired up about it's, this. It's six past six in the morning. Everyone's just easing into this Thursday and you need to calm down. Okay. I probably do. All right, so um, go back into the booth and you can and take the call. Prepped. All right, thank you very much. one 736 736 You are listening on the app. Um, there's a – I don't know if you've seen this, Gibbsy, but there's a button that you press if you've got the app where it just directly calls us or sends us a message. Uh, we have a, a big lineup of guests on the show today as well. Um, Isabel Hodgson from Adelaide United. So they play Melbourne Victory this weekend, who are the reigning champs. They, they play them at home, and uh, the Reds are struggling at the moment. They had a, a draw on the weekend, a couple of losses prior to that. For the first time in a long time, they're, they're lucky that they banked some wins early. So they're sitting at the moment mid-table. A, a win's crucial, and we always like to beat Melbourne Victory. We certainly do. We uh, we do have a big rivalry with the uh, Victorians in, in a lot of our codes, but uh, it is a, a big couple of games coming up for our United girls. So um, hopefully we can recapture that form from the start of the year. Big night in the Australian Open too. We'll chat to Mark Woodford about that after 8 o'clock, but um, Tanasi Kokonakis gets back out onto the court for, I think, about two minutes to do what he needs to do. Um, and it turns out that he's going to be facing Andy Murray, which is a that's a, a big matchup. Obviously, Andy Murray wants to keep on winning to keep his legacy going, but Tanasi wants to beat him too. Well... Tanasi's in, in ripping form, isn't he, at the moment? Uh, he made it to the, the semifinals in the in the lead-up tournament, as we know, uh, and then played very, very well in his round one match. Obviously, uh, ticking that off yesterday, short turnaround, but uh, he'll be ready to go. And to play Andy Murray, one of the, the legends of the sport, um, it'll be good viewing. We also saw the, the press conference afterwards. One of the things that I've learned is if you work in the media and you attend a... Nick Kyrgios or Tanasi Kokonakis press conference, you need to be on your game because if you are not, they will call you out. And one of the, the journalists accidentally called Tanasi Nick. And he basically ended that question straight away and said, that's it. Nope. You're done. You've had your opportunity. And it, you would just feel flat. Well, someone has to step up with no Nick Kyrgios yeah. at this Australian <laughs> yeah. Open to uh, to call out people and to, to bite back when necessary. So it's just... Good to see his bash brother in uh, Tanasi just uh, continuing on that legacy uh, this year for him. We're going to talk a bit of Sandful this morning as well from the North Adelaide Football Club, Jacob Surgeon, who uh, has, has been brilliant not just for um, the club, but also for South Australian football, obviously involved in the state team, which you're, you're very familiar with, Bryce. But um, the heartbreak for the Roosters in the grand final last year. We're all standing around the, the I personally was standing at the, the visitors race so at the eastern side of Adelaide Oval, just getting ready to announce that North Adelaide had won the grand final. Aaron Young wins his first grand final ever in the history of his football career, professionally or playing juniors. And then um oh Nick Panos goal and then see you later. Um heartbreak for Surge, but it's a it's a big year for the Roosters where obviously um They've recruited well and they want to make amends. There's only one way they can do that. Yes, yeah, certainly. It was uh, it was a big year for North Adelaide in general. I think at the start of the year last year, they weren't 
tipped to do any good. Yeah, I don't think they weren't even tipped to make the final. So uh, they've they've obviously had a really strong year, uh, and as you just mentioned, they've recruited really well again. Uh, and we'll speak to Serge and, and ask him how much extra motivation. Uh, leading into this season, they'll take out of that that heartbreaking grand final loss. Also going to be chatting to Darcy Brown, who is uh, one of the best young cricketers in the world. Australia thrashing Pakistan by 10 wickets yesterday in Brisbane. Uh, Darcy, player of the match, three for 32. South Australian country girl. We're stoked to have her as part of um, not just the Scorpions, but also the Strikers. And playing for her country alongside the the likes of other South Australians like Megan Shute, um, Talia McGrath as well. They're in, they're in ripping form at the moment and you can see the future of um, Australian cricket's in good hands when you have youngsters like Darcy playing for you. Yeah, she, she's going to be an absolute superstar if she's not already uh, and just continues to take wickets. So uh, she's in ripping form at the moment and really looking forward to that interview. This is what we are asking today once again on social media. Uh, you can call us one 736 736 the most influential female athlete. We will uh, deep dive into that a little bit later on uh, just for getting involved in the show as well. Don't forget, you'll go into the running to win a Cricket Stump Esky filled with Nippy's ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. We have prizes galore today. We would love to have a chat to you. And um, the weather's not too bad. It's, I mean, this is the first day I've worn a hoodie in summer. So, I mean, I'm enjoying this. What are your thoughts? Yes. Uh, nah, I'd rather wear a T-shirt in summer, to be honest. <laughs> I, know you, I know you're a big advocate for the, the cold summers. I'm going to keep pushing this and trying you, to sell this to you. You're more of a winter man all year round, but that's okay. Um, it's still not going to get too hot today, but... Uh, no, 24 today, and what I'm looking forward to is jumping in the car, heading to Brighton after this for um, the Stage 2 of the Santos Tour Down Under and the men's... Uh, and then going to Victor. That's where it finishes. So that's going to get colder. It's a big ride. Yeah, it's a big ride. Yeah, I'm going to be in a car. 120-odd Ks, I reckon. So should be good. Yeah, it should be good. We're going to talk about the Santos Tour Down Under really soon as well. We've got a sports update next. It's SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 17 minutes past six. Good morning to you. Love to have a chat as well. Uh, 1300 736 736. We want to know Australia's most influential female athletes off the back of Daisy Pierce announcing her retirement. We'll talk more about that in uh, footy shorts a little bit later on. Let's find out what's happening in sport thanks to prep to the athlete's choice of performance hydration drinks. Bryce, is a fair bit going on. Yeah, there certainly is, as per usual, Walshy. Uh, let's go to the BBL with the Perth. Scorchers have cruised to another massive seven-wicket victory in front of home fans against the Hobart Hurricanes, who simply had no answers for an Aaron Hardy and Josh Inglis innings. The duo put on their second century stand for the series, uh, uh, as Perth pretty much never really got out of first gear to jump back to the top of the BBL table with about 15 balls to spare. Hardy, 90 off 62 balls, and Inglis, 53 off 35 balls pretty much put on a clinic and uh, they look the team to beat certainly in this year's BBL. Watch most of that last night and um, Perth are always dominant. Um, Josh Inglis was hitting boundaries for fun for the Adelaide strikers. What does that mean? Um, we take on the scorchers uh, tomorrow and the strikers off the back of three losses. We currently still sit in fourth position. Um, there's a couple of teams that still are yet to play a game to, to match our 12, but it just means again, it's a must win game. Perth are really difficult to beat. Uh, Perth have won four out of the last five. So um, if you haven't got tickets yet to head to Adelaide Oval, now is the time to do it for first nations round two. Nervy times for the strikers. Um, yeah. Another dominant performance. 
Uh, women's cricket now. So Australia have secured a series victory over Pakistan with yet another uh, Phoebe Latchfield, Litchfield rather, masterclass, helping the host to a 10-wicket win over Pakistan at Allen Borderfield. Australia needed just 19.2 overs with the bat to win the second ODI with Litchfield and Beth Mooney cruising to zero for 129. Thanks for coming. Uh, the 19-year-old <laughs> Litchfield, uh, it was both her second career ODI uh, and second unbeaten half century for the series. Uh, she made 67 off 61 balls uh, and Moody made 57 off 55 balls. And we spoke about Darcy Brown off uh, the top of the show who took three wickets. We're intervie- interviewing her later, so we'll talk to her about that. But uh, that's a pretty convincing victory for our, our women cricket side. Yeah, there's a World Cup coming up as well in the, the short form format, obviously a T20 World Cup in South Africa. And uh, these kind of games are really good for the Aussies, even though it's an ODI um, for them to get uh, the form going. The, the squad's quite similar in both the ODI and the, the T20 lineup. So um, the more time they get out in the middle and against quality opposition as well, the, the better. Um, and we mentioned that we'll talk to Darcy about it. The, the South Australian representation only means good things for us here in Adelaide. Certainly does. Uh, to NBA, uh, Australia's Ben Simmons has recorded his first triple double for the Brooklyn Nets, despite the team falling to the San Antonio Spurs, who are actually down the bottom of the, the table. Yeah, they the stink. Spurs, yeah, so they're horrible. They were missing a lot of stars, the Nets. Uh, Simmons finished with an extremely well-rounded game, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists to go with four steals in 34 minutes. Uh he was one of three Nets players to finish with a positive plus minus, shooting four from the field uh, and two from two from the free throw line. So uh, he's starting to get a bit more consistency, isn't he? Ben Simmons uh, playing for the Nets, which is good to see. He is, and it's also hard to score points when you're surrounded by the likes of uh, fellow Australian Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant. So <laughs> You're not claiming him, are you? Uh, uh, you're well, claiming him. Well, you, you claim him when you want to. I like to say Australia's <laughs> very own. <laughs> when he decides to play for the Boomers, he can. Um, but no, yeah, look, he, he seems to be um, enjoying himself in Brooklyn. Defensively, Ben Simmons, that's where um, he stars. I think sometimes we, we watch him and expect him to drop 40 points um, and get a triple-double all the time. Um yeah, it'd also be really difficult to play alongside um, those two other big names. It's interesting to see what's going on in the NBA at the moment because they're halfway through the season. They're, they're heading into the all-star break soon. This is when the real tanking starts to set in because um, the obvious number one pick going into next season, Wembenyana, who is just uh, a beast of an athlete. He's a unicorn. He's, he's incredible, right? So <laughs> you even see the Golden State Warriors who have at one point had the best home record in the NBA, but the worst away record in the NBA. So they're taking care of their home games for their fans and not worrying about what happens away. Every team wants Wembenyana because he's going to be that player, everything going to plan um, that we're going to speak about for years and years to he's come. He's the next generational player, isn't he? Absolutely. So there's nothing special about beating San Antonio if you're an NBA fan. You don't have to celebrate it, but well done, Ben Simmons. Oh, very good. And a bit of a different one here to finish off with, Walshie. Uh, Jamaican financial authorities have launched an investigation into a company holding investments for eight-time Olympic gold medalist Usain Bolt after reports he may have lost millions to a large-scale fraud. Uh, so the Jamaican Financial Service Commission said in a statement that it had placed the firm stocks and securities limited in an enhanced oversight while it conducts the probe. 
there's reports servicing that Bolt could have lost up to $10 million. So a little bit different for uh, to finish the sports update. But um, Can I tell you a quick story about um, short on cash, financial uh, fraud? Bolt. My mum got scammed on the weekend. Um, I called my mum on Sunday morning just to see how she was going and what time I was going to go to visit. And she said, are you going to come around and I can help you pay this bill and give you the money? I said, what do you mean? Have you, have you been drinking? No, no. And she said, no, we spoke last night no, via oh, no. text message. Oh, no. I said, no, we didn't. So it turns out on Saturday night, my mum received a text message from someone claiming to be me. So it was basically, hey, mum. Um, I've changed my number and um, this is my new number now. So my mum wrote back, who is this? And the response was your son. So it was either your son or your daughter. They took a gamble, your son. Then my mum went on this full conversation with this person and they said they needed credit card details. What did my mum do? Took a photo of the front and back of her credit card and sent it to them. Come on, mum. They said it's not working. Then... They asked for her login details for her online banking. And thankfully, my mum was grumpy and she said, I'll have to do it tomorrow. I'm going to bed. Enjoy the tour down under. I'm having this whole conversation with her and saying, why didn't you call me and just ask if this was me? She said, oh, no, I I thought you were working and I didn't want to bother you. So thankfully, she didn't lose any money out of it, but it was very close. And that happens so much now. It's quite disturbing how much it happens. And two, and two, trusting your mum. Unbelievable. Lucky it didn't uh, end up a lot worse. Lucky it wasn't Usain Bolt calling my mum and asking for money. <laughs> hey, don't rule it out. <laughs> Let's quickly say good morning to you, Annie, on uh, 1300 736 736. How are you this morning? Good morning, boys. Hope you're both well. We are. Thank you. I, you? I'm good. I have a couple of questions for both of um, you. Gibbsy, how's my boy um, Brogby training on the track? Uh, the veteran. I get called the veteran uh, by most people, but I'm the only one that can call him the veteran because he's uh, pretty much the next oldest uh, under me. But uh, he's going really well, actually. Um, he's, we did, did a bit of match sim last night, and he was coming off half back, all steams blazing. So I reckon he's in for another big year, uh, Matty Broadbent. Oh, good, good, good. I love that boy. Um, and... The FNFL draw, for God's sake, when do you know when it's blooming coming out? Oh, seriously? Any any second. I think in the certainly in the next couple of days, uh, it'll be oh. it'll be out. Finally, middle of January. Good on him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now, Jared. Any perfect pair. Yes. I'm assuming you're still doing it. I would like to think so. Yes. Good. Do you, do you want to get involved, Annie? <laughs> Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, and can you tell me, has there been any, like, real successes, Walshie? Yes. Is there, there any still? Yeah, there, there has. And this is, Annie, I'll, I'll share this with you because this is the funniest one out of the whole thing. The The most successful relationship that has come from the perfect pair at a Port Adelaide match is uh, Amy Corns, who is the daughter of... Um, Graham Corns, who ended up doing it, which I love that because that would just disgust Graham so much because he's such a crow's man. But to see that happen at a Port Adelaide match. Now, I'm not, um, I I don't know what their relationship status is now. That's not my business and I'm not a stalker. But um, that was a successful one, I can tell you that. And Graham did meet the guy. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And 
is there any chance you can do that over the eastern side? Because we seem to miss out all the time over there. What do you mean on the eastern side? As in, have a chat to the people? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm... I'm really passionate about going over to the eastern side of Adelaide Oval as well because there's a lot of people um, who are purchasing general admission tickets too. So I feel that we need to get around as many areas of the, the venue as possible so everybody gets included. And that goes as far as going right up to the top of the Riverbank stand as well. So um, the more people that we can reach out to, the better. As always, thank you very much for your call, Annie. We are here thanks to Tyre Power. Big holiday sale now on. Uh, we will keep you up to date with what's happening in the Santos Tour Down Under in the next couple of minutes. Good morning. Always, MG, coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Just before we head to the news on this Thursday morning, the 19th of January, you can always get involved in the show. one 736 736 not too far away. We are going to speak to Jacob Surgeon from North Adelaide, Isabel Hodgson from Adelaide United. And for your Australian Open updates, we will speak to the legend himself, Mark Woodford. We'll take your calls and give you an update on the Santos Tour Down Under. Um, a fascinating day yesterday at Tanunda. We'll do it next. Good morning. Tire Power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Good morning to you. Going for a top of 24 degrees today across Adelaide. Text in the show 0427 154 We are looking over the city of Adelaide today and it's set to be a an okay kind of morning. Um, we're looking through the windows of SENSA Studio Lumo SA, uh, 1 King William Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA. It's been slow burn this morning. Bryce, you had a minimal sleep last night because you were working late and you've had your coffee. How are you feeling now, mate? No, I'm back. You're back. back? Yeah. Half an hour it takes and then you, you switched on? Triple shot grande latte from OTR. It's got me back, I think. Do you really have a triple shot? Well, it's a bit big. It's big. Otherwise, it's just all milk. You need to just load it up. And that's, um, without being too graphic, the um, the bathroom is a fair distance away from where we are in the studio. So um, that's a real gamble every morning. No, I've got good bows that'll, uh, oh, hold, that'll, that'll hold on. Don't worry. That's very We're disgusting. Safe. We're safe. I regret asking. Um, as I mentioned, 0427154166. We've got a couple of texts that just been sent through. We certainly do. Callum on fire yet again. Guys, with the threat of a possible NRL, NRL player strike, could we get a breakaway league going? Could this be the return of the Adelaide Rams? I don't see why not. I think that we should dream big. I'm all for it. I've still got one of those, you know, those um, Velcro rip wallets. Yes. That I used to have as a kid. I've got an Adelaide Rams rip wallet at home. No that I still use. Yeah. That would be worth a fair bit. You now, reckon? I reckon. Yep. Put it on the, get it on eBay or something. See what I can fetch for it. Well, you could hold on to it, and then if the Rams return, then you'll be one of those throwback kind of guys yeah, that have been like a that. fan since day one. I don't mind that at all. Uh, AJ off the text as well. Uh, please, Jace. Jace? Oh, yeah, Jace. Jace is our producer. Jace, we, you've met him a few sorry, times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop letting your mum <laughs> ring through every day. Oh, what's okay. going on there? That's 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 a bit that's yeah, that's a that's, bit harsh. Yeah, but Jace isn't here to respond and um, back like back himself up. But that's totally fine. We um we appreciate that. Uh, and Shane from North Haven, uh, the SANFL draw will be released end of January after Australia Day. So Shane, he must be in the know. He must know a few things. 
It has to be soon, though, because it we will. need to find out and start um, getting involved. It's going to be... It will be soon. Um, the first kind of non-COVID-interrupted season um, for, the, for the past couple of years, which is going to be brilliant for the sample. We'll talk to Jacob Surgeon about that really soon, but first... A Santos Tour Down Under update. Prepped is a delicious fruit-based smoothie clinically proven to boost hydration and reduce fatigue. Big day yesterday in Tanunda, Bryce. Um, uh, an amazing part of South Australia. Um, it was a big tease as well because the Barossa Valley is so close heading in there. And oh, um, Actually, off the top, how was your... Sausage roll and pasty. Is that, was that the combo yeah. you usually go to? Yeah, I'm on a bakery tour of South Australia. And yesterday it was the Tanunda Bakery where I had a pasty and the the sauce was inside the pasty, so I didn't put it on there. And then I also had a um, a bagel with um, turkey and cranberry. Is that, uh, is that a, that's okay for you? Someone else putting your sauce in your I didn't have a choice. I just received it and said thank you. It was very busy. Is a bit of is that a no deal though? So like if a bakery does that to you, they go on the ban list, or you're happy for that to occur? Uh, I'm not a bakery snob. I I felt like I needed to eat it no matter what had happened. So I was impressed. The service was really good. Today we're at the pinnacle though because we we go from Brighton and head down to Victor Harbour, and we've got time to stop at Port Elliot. And now I've got friends from interstate here who are working on the tour down under and. I've told them about the Port Elliot Bakery. I've shown them a video of the lineup around the corner, and they're they're hyped. They're ready to go. Just hopefully it doesn't let them down. And hopefully it goes. That line goes pretty quick. Today. Well, we'll see. I mean, if we need to put a hold on the the presentations at the end of the stage, then that's totally fine. The bakery comes first. So let's talk about the Santos Tour down under yesterday because it was Phil Bauhaus, uh, Germany's very own, who powered to the finish line, and I was lucky enough to be in the tent. Um, once the, the race had completed. So my role at the, the Tour Down Under is ma- managing the stages. So at the start of the race, we'll make sure everything's all good to go. All of the cyclists have signed on. And at the end, um, it's doing the presentations and making sure they get the trophies and flowers and things like that. And when Phil Bauhaus came in, there was a little bit of controversy. At the end of the race yesterday, there was a crash. And crashing when you're riding a bike is crazy. I don't know if you've ever fallen off a bike before, but it would certainly hurt. I fell off a bike once when we went on a ride one pre-season, but I wasn't moving. So he fell off his bike um, 30 k's into the stage and literally had to change bikes. So how he managed to not just catch back up to the peloton, but also win once he removed um, his top when he came into the tent where we all were yesterday, the grazers on him um, it was it was hideous. It looked like a crime scene. And they just need to get back on the bike and keep going. Um, it was, yeah, it was amazing to watch. Well, they're not trickling along at 5, 10K an hour. These uh, these riders, they're humming. Yeah. The, and- the, watching If you watch it on TV, it doesn't do it justice. You need to see him whiz past you live to appreciate how fast these guys are going. And how close people are standing too, because there's no barricades around parts of South Australia. So people can stand on the roads and take photos, but um, everyone's encouraged not to put their hands out and try and get a high five. Because if you get clipped by one of them, not only can you get injured, but they can really disrupt the race. And this is what happened yesterday. So um, Phil Bauhaus crosses the line first um, in front of Australian sprint King, Caleb Ewan from the Australian national team and uh, Michael Matthews finishing third. There was an accident and there's potentially um, 
a protest in most races if there is an accident, if someone causes it and it disrupts it. So we had to wait for about half an hour before everything was finalised. Um, so the fans at Tanunda were sitting outside going, is this happening? Um, Phil didn't know that he had won at that point. Once it was all confirmed, um, he celebrated. But it makes today even more important because it is quite close. Um, and to see how tight the peloton is and how closely com- uh, competed it is. You can also tell the difference when the international riders are in town. Everybody is walking around in their Lycra. Everybody's got their bikes out, but it's brilliant. So today, stage starts at Brighton, then goes to Victor Harbour. Um, and that's another beautiful part of South Australia we get to see. Yeah, it certainly is. And I'm I'm just checking out the uh, the race map here. Surely one of the, the highlights will be them going up Wollonga Hill there. They, they'll head down that route, I would have thought. Yeah, and even driving on that is a challenge. That's hard work, getting up yes. there in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a real test. Um, if you get the chance to get up close and personal to these athletes, and you do, that's a great thing about the, the Tour Down Under. You get close to them. They are, they're a different type of fit. Um, they need to keep on going. It's all well and good to celebrate the stage win yesterday, but then they need to rehydrate and refuel and then go again today. And just a lazy 154.8 Ks ahead of them today but these guys they eat that up i don't think i've ever ridden a bike more than 20 kilometers yeah they they enjoy this this sort of distance this is yeah this is their time up wollonga hill oh i mean i'm just looking forward to the baked goods i couldn't think of of anything worse personally (laughs) the tour down under update is thanks to prep to delicious fruit based smoothie clinically proven to boost hydration and reduce fatigue uh not too far away we are going to be catching up with uh jacob surgeon and next all of your footy news. Um, the Adelaide Crows have spoken about Paul Seedsman. They have a new player on their rookie list as well. So all of the footy news next on SENSA Breakfast. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Nine minutes to seven on this Thursday morning. Morning Adelaide, we are here thanks to Tire Power. Selected Kumo tyres at 25% off. You can always give us a call, 1300 736 736. We're wanting to know the most influential female athlete today on our Twitter poll. And of course, taking your calls, um, you can do that via calling us. Or of course, if you're listening on the app, there's a button there you can do that too. Bryce, is a fair bit happening in AFL at the moment. It certainly is. Uh, we'll start with Daisy Pierce, who has recently announced her retirement, uh, which was pretty emotional for a lot of people yesterday. So Pierce confirmed the decision uh, on Wednesday at the MCG, saying she was ending her playing days with a very full heart. The 34-year-old captain of the Demons to their first AFLW Premiership last November in her final match, which was a fitting send-off. She departs the game after 55 appearances from 2007 to 2022 and will go down as one of the key trailblazers of women's football in Australia. Uh, that's a, a little bit about of a, her football uh, career, uh, AFLW football career, sorry, but no, not to mention the, the uh, VFLW um, 10 flags and seven uh, of those captained and I think the, the league BNF uh, is named after her as well. So um, a trailblazer for women's footy, absolutely, and, and someone that's um, helped pave the way for, for women's football for sure. Here's what she had to say yesterday. I'm, I'm still going to be an ambitious person, but I want to redirect some of that in, in other directions in my life. Um, give a bit back to the family. I'm, I'm mindful to say that because I don't want it to sound like 
um, a family decision or that I'm, I blame's probably the wrong word, but that I'm not pinning it on the need to go and be a, a good mum because I feel like I've hopefully been able to do that anyway. But um, And it's not all been sacrificed from their point. Like, it's been hard work at times, but it's been an incredible journey that um, Ben's enjoyed and the, the kids have gotten so much out of as well. But I think a lot of us here in South Australia have only been kind of exposed to what she's done in the AFLW for Melbourne with those 55 games. But as you said, Bryce, you know, uh, 10 times VFL, um, VWFL uh, premiership player is it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it certainly is. Her CV is is quite extraordinary when you when you look at it and, and strip it all back, uh, and even some of the, the work she's done in the media in recent years, um, mm. um, you know, boundary riding and, and special comments um, on a lot of the men's games. Um, she, she she certainly sees the game very very well and and speaks uh, in a way that you can understand everything to a T. Um, uh, and a lot of hard work, obviously has gone into to getting this this AFLW program up and going and, and she's been at the forefront of that, uh, helping people um, and giving the opportunity to for, for young females a pathway to, to playing sport uh, at the highest level um, from an AFL co- code point of view. We had a chat yesterday to Harry Schonberg from the Crows who uh, gave us nothing when uh, basically we were asking questions about what was happening with Tyler Brown. And then a few hours later, surprise, surprise, uh, Tyler Brown has signed with the Crows. He certainly has. And uh, it's, it's obviously great news. And it's probably news that they would have known for a, for a while. Uh, we touched on it yesterday. They would have been in contact with him knowing that Paul Seedsman probably was unlikely to to not play this year, which was unknown known to us. So, so he's signed uh, as a rookie uh, on a one-year contract. And we've got a clip from Rory Laird here speaking about the addition of uh, Tyler Brown to the Adelaide Crows this year. He's a big boy, big inside mid, um, you know, bigger than some of us in there, including myself. So um, he's fit in pretty seamlessly. He uh, seems to get along with the boys pretty well and, um, you know, slotted in after a couple of years at Collingwood. So a great addition for us and uh, he looks good. Wanted to play you as well quickly uh, what Rory said about Paul Seedsman because now the players can start publicly talking about the impact that Seed has had, not just on the playing group but off the field as well, and how they're coping with that. It's frustrating for him in the position to not be able to play football, but in the scheme of things, as I sort of touched on, it's it's long-term health and, um, you know, he's just obviously just trying to start a family and we support him as a group and as a, you know, a football club and as a whole. Yeah, and... As, as I mentioned yesterday, Cedo's a much-loved player, not only on the field, but around the locker rooms as well. He's one of those guys who's actually really easy to stir up. Um, he would bite at any sort of fishing line you'd throw out at him. Yeah. And, uh, the boys certainly enjoyed that. So to see him go through what he has the last 12, 18 months, uh, it certainly would have been hard, not only for for Paul, but uh, for his teammates as well. So for the Crows fans listening now, what would be going through their minds, Bryce? Because the the, the Crows ended up with two list spots, um, obviously Fisher-Mackessee um, and then Paul Seedsman play, being placed on the inactive list. Now, one of those spots has been replaced by Tyler Brown. Um, there were some really late list changes from Adelaide going into this season. Um, Brett Turner is one of them. James Rowe is another one where... Um, those calls were made pretty late, and I'm, I'm assuming, I'm guessing here, it's because um, the club may have been waiting to see if there was any, any currency on them for trades. 
um, and they needed to finalise what was going on. What would be if you were in that position of one of those players that left the club? What would be going through your mind at the moment? Yeah, it's a great question, and it it sort of begs the question, doesn't it? What what were they thinking, the Crows? Um, obviously, the Fisher Mackesy situation. He took leave in November, so you you're unsure how that's going to play out, and, and you respect his wishes to step away. And then shortly after, he comes back and says, "No, nah, I'm I'm not keen to continue this at the moment." Um, and then the Paul Seedsman situation: How long have they known that he potentially could be inactive? We we don't know. So when you've got guys, especially uh, Brett Turner, say who they recruit in the mid-season draft. They're, they know they're not going to make finals. They didn't give him an opportunity to play, to see if he could play at the level. And he was pretty well dominating the sandfall. Um, and they're in a position to pick someone up like a Brett Turner and give him an opportunity to see if he could play at level. That didn't occur. I think normally you would go, well, we'll give you another 12 months in the system. Uh, he was coming off an injury at the time mid-season. They didn't go down that path. They decided not to. And then only a couple of months later, they decide to, well, they have a couple of list spots available and go and find other talent that's out there. So I I can imagine he would be extremely disappointed and, and pretty angry, I reckon, at, at how the situation's played out. And, and the other one probably is Jimmy Rowe, who um, his, if you look at his numbers statistically, the games that he played in, he was pretty pretty good for the Crows over over his 20 or 30 games that he played. And, and he would be another one that would be probably disappointed how the, the situation has played out. So uh, the Crows fans out there, send us a text on uh, 0427154166 and let us know your thoughts. Would you would you like a Brett Turner back or a Jimmy Rowe or are you happy with the way the club has gone uh, and gone for a Tyler Brown uh, in this situation? Do you think that, the four or five months that Brett was on the list, that's enough time for a club to actually get a decent look at him. I guess with, with, with James Rowe, he was there for two seasons. So you've had a fair bit of time to know what you, you're going to get. And you bring in someone like Isaac Rankin, that's almost a, a, an upgrade. I'm not saying that to sound disrespectful to Jimmy, but um, with Brett, you could, you could understand that he would feel quite disgruntled because it's a very short amount of time to see what a player can do. It's not even 12 months. And they had some some injuries through their midfield as well. So the fact that they picked him up, I think they might may have even indicated to him during that period that we'll give you an opportunity if you can. I think he had a, a foot or a, a leg problem at the time, but they said if you can get yourself right, which he did, that he'd get an opportunity. And for whatever reason, that was changed, and he didn't get an opportunity and continued to dominate the sandfall and and and. Even in the Sandful finals, I reckon he was the best player in that final series across all teams, not only just for the Crows. So, yeah, he would be um, extremely disappointed that he didn't get an opportunity in the in the last six months, but not get another opportunity for the next 12 months to see what he could do. Yeah, we'd love to know your thoughts as well. Crows fans, uh, you can send us a text 0427-154-166. A standout in the Sandful. We're turning our attention to the Sandful at 7.30 this morning and we are going to be chatting to the head coach of North Adelaide, Jacob Surgeon, just before 7 o'clock. Good morning. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. 
This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Live from SENSA studio, Lumo. Good morning. Uh, thanks to Lumo Energy as well. Energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. 24 degrees today, nice and cool. Summer's day, if you're into that kind of stuff. Uh, Jacob Surgeon from North Adelaide joining us. It is Ladies' Day today, uh, today as well. Uh, Isabel Hodgson from Adelaide United before eight as well. Gibbsy, do you want to quickly touch on the text we received as well? Because uh, we're quickly talking about Paul Seedsman and uh, the list opportunity it provides for the Crows. Yeah, one off the text line here that doesn't have a name, but uh, Crows fan, Brown and Brown averaged 10 touches and a goal every eight game. Rowe and Turner are much better footballers. Rowe should have played as a mid where he dominates the sandfall. Keep keep them coming in. Uh, It was a big day yesterday in uh, the AFL world, especially AFLW, with uh, Daisy Pearce announcing her retirement. I think there was a bit of an assumption that it was win it and I'm done or lose it and I might have to consider going again. But in fact, um, the satisfaction of last season and... The enjoyment and the, the closeness of the bonds that we've now formed, um, it actually made it a bit more confusing and harder to step away. So it's its probably been one of the, the harder decisions that I've ever had to make. Um, but now that I'm here and I've been able to say it out loud to, to Mick and a few of my teammates, um, yeah, I feel like it's the right decision. Gibbsy got us thinking and we had uh, Jace, our producer, in this morning. Uh, we were having the conversation on this Ladies' Day about uh, the most influential female athletes. Now, we're talking Australian athletes as well. So if you want to get involved on social media, uh, you certainly can do that. Uh, our Twitter poll is at 1629SENSA. Let's talk through a couple of them because there's there's plenty that have paved the way for many young females around the country and around the world. Yeah, there certainly is Walshie. And, uh, geez, it's hard to, hard to split some of these, mm. these ladies. They've got uh, some, some amazing CVs here. Uh, and each uh, lady has made their own imprint in Australian sport and, and a way in the wider community uh, in different ways. Um, but I'm going to go to Cathy Freeman. Mary inside, Kathy lifting, goes up to Graham, takes the lead, looks a winner, draws away from Graham and Mary. This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. What a legend, what a champion. One of the great calls from uh, the GOAT, Bruce McAvaney there. And I remember it was actually one of the, the first early memories of, of a sporting achievement that I can remember. I was about, mm. oh, what was I, 11 at the time. Uh, so starting to understand sport, getting into sport a little bit more. Um, and I, I remember watching that and getting excited as she hit the last 100 uh, in Sydney in the 400 there. And, um, I mean, her her sporting record speaks for itself, gold medals, com games, world champions, etc. cetera. Um, she's in the Sports Hall of Fame, um, Australian of the Year, uh, and the, the education um, coming from a, an Indigenous background um, and, and helping you know, teach people uh, about her culture and, and what she's been through and uh, away from the, the track and field. Um, she's a pretty special lady. She's a, a humble champion as well. I was lucky enough to speak with her um, last year. It was the, the 20th or 21st anniversary of her winning that. And as you said, um, everybody kind of has that I was there watching this whether it was on television or over in Sydney and um, 
it's amazing to see the impact that Kathy Freeman has on people. Uh, the the thing that I was doing it was at Salisbury at the athletics track, and it was to it was communicating to um a group of young athletes, and none of them were born when she won. So we needed to kind of break down how important and significant it was. You could see the parents who were hold, like holding up merchandise and photos and things like that. But to see her preparation, um, to talk about the suit that she was wearing, I stupidly asked the question if she had to do a nervous wee before doing the race. And she said yes, and I had to take the suit off. <laughs> but the, uh, the impact that uh, Kathy Freeman has had, not just on Australian sport, not just for women, but for Indigenous Australians as well, is paramount. That that can't be matched. So um, she's definitely one to choose. Uh, we are taking your calls on this as well. one 736 736 Good morning to you, Jeremy. We are talking most influential Australian athletes. Who you got? Good morning, guys. How are you going? Good, thank you. Um, so I, I looked at the poll. I didn't want to go boring and pick exactly the same people, but... I thought about, you know, different athletes from the past. And like you said yourself, Kathy Freeman, a great uh, Indigenous athlete. And I thought, you have to go Yvonne Goolagong. You have to go Yvonne Goolagong. Think about how she dominated tennis in the 70s and the 80s. She's one of our best athletes of all time. Then I thought about, you know, you got Ash Barty, great dual sport athlete, uh, play tennis obviously and also play cricket decent golfer and mainly fought Elise Perry Elise Perry great player represented her country in two sports at age 16 just one of our all time greats and then lastly I think about someone who just dominated the sport she was in her entire career have to go Lauren Jackson there's a lot of good names there, Jeremy. Thank you for that, mate. You're going to the running to win the uh, Cricket Stump Esky filled with Nippy's ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Let's have a listen to Ash Barty because the, the first name of uh, Yvonne Goolagong is a, a brilliant representation of an, an influential Australian athlete. Ash Barty is the Australian Open champion. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. It's just my way and I'll be retiring from tennis and it's the first time I've actually said it out loud and um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say but I'm so happy and I'm so ready and I just know at the moment in my heart for me as a person, this is right. I loved that moment as well when she retired. It sounds negative saying it, but you know why I loved when Ash Barty retired? Because of the outrage from everybody else. So there were everybody else was saying, no, Ash, you can't retire. I haven't seen you play at the Australian Open yet, or you're going to lose your number one ranking, or think about how much money you can earn on the tour. And she said, yeah, that's all good, but I'm, I'm doing this for me, and this is my way, and that's a... That's a really um, brave decision to make, but she's obviously got everything in order. And as you can see now, she's expecting a child with a husband, so she's she's laughing. Yeah, certainly. And uh, I think you, you nailed it right on the head there. She she did what she wanted to do yeah. uh, and explore other options and had the, the little time away to uh, pursue the cricket. A bit, bit, bit like the, um, the MJ, just took a bit of time out, <laughs> yeah. went, went and played baseball for a while and then came back, which she did, and returned to the top pretty quickly, which is a, an absolute testament to her and um, just the absolute pro that, that she is. They frustrate me so much, dual sport athletes, because they are just so good at everything. So Ash Barty, 
plays for the Brisbane Heat in the WBBL. Then she goes and plays tennis, wins a couple of Grand Slams, great at golf. We spoke to Alex Carey yesterday from the Strikers, who, you know, was on the list for GWS and now playing test cricket for Australia. These people really annoy me because I'm not good at one sport and they're good at two professionally. Yeah, and she'd be the the sort of person that, you know, even if you're just playing table tennis at home or playing marbles, just mucking around, she'd be, uh, she'd be, she'd dominate everything. She'd, she'd take you down in, in all facets, in all sports. I had another suggestion of Madam Butterfly. Twenty minutes to swim. O'Neill still in front. Susie O'Neill, a dropped old catcher. Morikova coming again. O'Neill's in front. On top, down under. Susie O'Neill goes into touch first. O'Neill wins a gold medal for Australia. We got a lot of really good swimmers that come out of Australia as well that uh, leave a lasting legacy. The call from Jeremy I liked though, uh, Lauren. Jackson is a, a big name that I think we should talk about, Gibbsy, because Lauren Jackson, if you have a look at um, her basketball resume here in Australia, um, four-time WNBL MVP, grand final MVP as well. She's won a championship five times. You go across and dominate in the WNBA where you win the MVP three times, two-time champion, three-time scoring champion. Um, what I feel is missed a lot of the times when we talk about Australia's greatest ever basketballer um, we, we speak of Andrew Gaze. Um, people immediately go to NBA players or NBA representatives right now. You could comfortably say that Lauren Jackson is Australia's greatest ever basketballer, no matter male or female, for what she's done. Uh, she's certainly right up there. There's no doubt about that. Um, and even in, in recent times, last year, coming out of retirement, um, she's still playing now. I know, I know. it's it's unbelievable at uh, the, the young age that she is. She's still still getting it done, and and you're spot on um, when you talk about uh, our greatest basketball Australian basketballers ever. She she has to be in the mix in the top couple. There's no doubt about that. The, what she would be doing in the WNBL now is um, impacting so many of her younger teammates as well, and passing on so much knowledge, uh, which she has so much for. Which uh, an amazing career that she has at 41 years of age. It's could you still be playing professionally at 41 years of age? I'm limping around at, at 34 <laughs> at the moment, just uh, just scraping through. So I can't imagine how the rig would be feeling post 40. But um, yeah, it's it's certainly impressive. Get on vo- uh, involved on social media. You can always give us a call as well. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We are here. Thanks to Tire Power Selected Kumai Tires at 25 percent off. It's 12 minutes past seven. Good morning. Tire power. Winning deals always. MG, coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 17 minutes past seven. Good morning to you on this Thursday morning, the 19th of January. Can you believe we are almost at the end of January again? Christmas is just around the corner, Bryce. Oh, time flies when you're having fun, Jared. So uh, the days are ticking Ask very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. We are, we are having a lot of fun um, and uh, we are hydrated as well thanks to Prep, the athlete's choice of performance, hydration, drinks. These these were brought in the other day and they are still in the building. So we're stoked with that. We've got to try them. We've got to sample them and they are all over the Santos Tour Down Under, which goes from Brighton down to Victor Harbour today. The bakery tour of South Australia okay. continues. So if you have any bakery suggestions from Brighton to Victor Harbour, please send them in. 
and um, I'm happy to take one for the team. You can always send us a text too. We've got a text line, 0427 154 166. Plenty happening on the text line this morning, which is great to see uh, from Brett here. Also, Tali McGrath is an absolute new Aussie superstar. She is now flying as a women's cricketer and soon to be a South Australian national captain. Uh, certainly are on the same page with you there, Brett. I uh, got a question for you in the basketball world. Is Josh Giddy the best Australian basketballer in the world right now? And will he end up being our best ever basketballer? That's uh, from Xavier. Well, I mean, you'd have to say that Kyrie Irving is the best Australian, but no, I did that just to stitch you up. <laughs> uh, he's playing very well at the moment, Josh. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing... Um, his team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, grow because they've got so many draft picks. So when they decide to start taking things a bit more seriously, um, I think his biggest challenge is when a lot more talent's surrounding him too. So I think he's doing everything he can right now. And um, we will always say former Adelaide 36er as well. He's certainly got a bright future. Good morning, Jared and Bryce. Loving the show, particularly the tour down under segment will be great to hear from Serge re preseason progress and the new recruits at North from a long time Roosters member that's Mark from Perth uh, and we have so many female sports legends Susie O'Neill Libby Trickett Sally Pearson Lauren Jackson Dawn Fraser Sam Kerr just to name a few Steve from Seton thank you Sam Kerr's a big one going to be in Australia for the uh, the Women's World Cup as well and we'll give you all of that coverage leading up to the matches not just in Australia but um, closer to home here in South Australia too so thanks for getting involved uh, Jacob Surgeon from North Adelaide not too far away we wanted to play you this really quickly though because we, we love a good team song we love a good celebration we need to say congratulations to the SA Outbacks who defeated Western Australia in Canberra. It's a nail-biter by one wicket. So they are the state country senior cricket side. I've never seen Jace more excited walking in saying, guys, we got the job done. We won by a wicket. We celebrated. Um, have you seen him more up and about than that? Well, I've, I've got a theory that it, Jace might be in this in this song, in this circle singing this song. I reckon he plays for this team. He's got a personal connection, obviously, when he ran in here and he said he's going to perform this at the SEN Christmas party. Have a listen to the Outbacks. A dingo at the end of this world. So it, it got us thinking. We, we thought we'd showcase some of the other great songs or chants that have been happening. Now, I think this is before your time with the, the Crows, Bryce, but what, what happened after 2014 was Port Adelaide obviously put on the best match day in the AFL and that all happened organically, right? So I can reveal all of that stuff because I'm involved with the club. Are so you, Are you taking responsibility? I, I had nothing to do with this, but all I can say is with, with Never Tear Us Apart and uh, the rudimental song, um, Not Giving In, um, that was all just an organic thing that happened and it just was luck. 
and it was a, a brilliant execution of, of match day entertainment. But then I think because we're in a two-team town, the Crows decided they needed to do something a little bit special. So they got um, a group of supporters together in the Crows shed at Westlakes and they thought they would do their very own chance. Have a listen. Everywhere we go! Oh, my ears hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, then it led to a group of North Melbourne supporters that thought before they went to watch the Kangaroos play, they would get together in a restaurant while there were diners there trying to enjoy a, a palmy or um, a steak. They would start doing their chant. Kanga, kanga, kanga. Roo, roo, roo. Kanga, kanga, kanga. Roo, roo, roo. Kanga. Roo. <laughs> they got a lot of work to do on and off the field. <laughs> oh, you'd be spewing, wouldn't you? You're sitting down enjoying a nice meal and kanga, kanga, kanga yeah. in the background. Uh, yeah, if good. you have any suggestions for um, some chants or songs, um, you can send us in a text 0427 Can you read out the one from Tony that's having a, a, a crack at me before? Yeah, he's, <laughs> not, he's not happy. Well, she don't you dare say Kyrie is Australian. Josh Green and Matisse Thibel are more Australian than that. Etc. Etc. Yeah. So, uh, Tony, uh, thank you for texting in. I could not agree with you more. My tongue was firmly in my cheek. I just did it to get a reaction out of Gibbsy, and it worked, and it got a reaction out of you. But uh, trust me, I, I'm confident in saying that we won't see Kyrie Irving wearing a Boomers jersey anytime soon. Um, and I guess after the year that he's had at the moment, he's probably lucky to be still be playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jacob Surgeon, not too far away. And don't forget, Izzy Hodgson from Adelaide United. And at eight o'clock, everything Australian Open. There's a fair bit happening. South Australia's Tanasi Kokonakis going through, facing Andy Murray. It's SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 29 minutes past seven on this Thursday morning going for 24 degrees today. MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. Uh, very soon, Jacob Surgeon from North Adelaide. All of the details about the Australian Open at eight as well. Bryce, the texts are flying in this morning. Welcome to SEN2, Jared, uh, where you get uh, <laughs> feedback on the regular, which is great. This one's from Costa Walshy. You were involved with Port Adelaide three years ago when they said they will win three premierships in five years. Probably need to get a, a wriggle on. Uh, 90% of what comes out of that club is cringeworthy. So no doubt you were sitting in those meetings yeah. and uh, you know talking about three and five. You were front and centre to all those conversations. Uh, well, I think what I've started to notice is the first two days of being on the air, everyone was kind and, and welcoming, and, and now this kind of stuff's coming through, but I'm all for it. Um, I'll tell you what, Costa, I, I couldn't be more 
um, disappointed with what happened last season with Port Adelaide and um, I'm around the club a lot to see the disappointment internally as well. Um, and you're right, the, the three premierships in five years, um, I'm all for that. I'm all for the banter as well. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm actually, I'm very easily offended. So thank you so much, Costa, for um, getting in touch. Uh, we have a giveaway a little bit later as well. For, as well, Costa's in the running to win um, the Charger. So um, thank you for that abuse, which is totally fine. Jacob searching next. Good morning. Tyre power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 25 minutes to 8 on this Thursday morning. We are here live at SENSA Studio Lumo SA at 1 King William Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA. It's Ladies Day today asking on our Twitter and text line the most influential women in Australian sport. We will read out some more of them um, over the next couple of minutes, but let's turn our attention to Sandful and uh, a man who is in charge of a team that wants a little bit of redemption going into the 2023 season, the head coach of North Adelaide, and pretty much said, can you please get this interview started straight away because my kids will get up and make heaps of noise. Good morning to you, Jacob Surgeon. <laughs> Uh, good morning, Jared and Bryce. How are we, lads? Good to be back. Morning, Serge. <laughs> What's happening? Are we all good? No, we are all good, mate. Um, it's uh, it's coming around really quickly. We've had a, a few messages this morning asking when the schedule is going to come out for the, the Sandful season. It's the first time that we've had a chance to speak to you after, I guess, heartbreak would be the best way to describe what happened at the end of last year. So how has pre-season been and, and what's the mentality been for the boys? Uh, oh, preseason has been good, mate. Last year was last year. We sort of move on. We move on from that. Um, but no, this year has been good, mate. It's always nice, as Gibbs, you would know, you get some fresh face under 18s. Kids come up who are just all enthusiastic and want to learn and, and get better with their football. But then obviously you bring in a few uh, mature age recruits who, um, you know, have got some points to prove and, and want to get better and, and want to improve your list and, and hopefully make us a two-point better team. So, um no, it's it, it's exciting. It's always it's always good when a new season is upon you, and, and pre-season, as Bryce knows, always a good time of year because there's no winners, no losers. You just get out there and you have a kick of the footy. You you learn a few things, and um, you enjoy your teammates and your coaches' company. It's been good. Certainly, is, Serge. Uh, thanks for coming on this morning, and we'll get to a couple of the new recruits in a second. And I know you probably don't want to talk about it, but I do want to ask you a question uh, about last year and the agonising two-point defeat. Um, so in reviewing that, did, did you review it? Did, did, you, did the players want to watch it? Did you watch it back? Uh, were there things to take out of it? Or is it simply a case of we were the best team for most of the day and, and fell short in the last couple of minutes? Do we move on and, and look for, for 2023? Yeah, good question, mate. Um, it was... Yeah, no, I, I didn't watch it with with the boys. I don't think I don't think you needed to review something like that. Like, I, I've done it myself as a coach in regards to, you know, there's there's obviously one play which Panos kicks this unbelievable goal and 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 puts Norwood in front. So, but I, I like to look at the game that there's you know there's multiple things that can happen within the game that um, that lead to that to lead to that I guess one point. So you know I don't blame one two or three people like the whole team collective um it was nobody's fault um it was it was an unbelievable game um you know that's how you want the grand final i guess to be played um but i, I as a coach reflected it upon myself and go if there's anything we could have done better could we have done it um which 
which I think I need to do. Like I remember after the 2020 grand final against uh, Woodville, um, we did I did review that with the grand final team because it was probably about 20 minutes of play in that game, which um, which really cost us the grand final in regards to that day. But um, against Nord, there's lots of factors. Like we lose um, two of our pressure forwards before halftime in Harry Elbow with the Simdismosis ankle who played on and it was an amazing effort. He was so brave to do that. And Lee Minavina, whose first quarter in the grand final was unbelievable and he, he busted his ankle. So we're basically down to 20 men after halftime. And um, I was just, like I said to the guys, I was just really proud of their efforts to be in that game, you know, with two minutes to go. Um, and you know, giving ourselves an opportunity to to, to win a grand final um, was just uh, an unbelievable effort for my group, and I was um, really proud of the way you know um, my club my club went about not just the year but the grand the grand final day as well. So um, I'm not one of those people, Bryce, as you would know, and especially Jared, that likes to dwell on what the future is and be <laughs> Mr. Negative about it. I was pretty uh, I was pretty positive about it, and. Uh, um, yeah, I was pretty uh, pretty positive about it, so um, really excited about what this year is going to bring. Hopefully, yeah, perfect. And, and that's my next question: how how have the motivation levels been from the boys to start this preseason? Obviously, a, a, a heartbreaking defeat like that can go one or two ways. It can you can sulk and sulk about it and, and come back a bit unfit and uh, with a poor attitude, or you can come back and say, no, nah, we're still good enough to, to get back there and, and go one better. Uh, has it sort of gone down that path, that more motivational, let's let's go one better, boys? Uh, oh, definitely. Um, it's my, my, my job of coach at North Adelaide Footy Club is prepare my group as good as they can every year to, to keep compete and play in grand finals to, to hopefully to hopefully win one. And that's, that's what I strive for as coach. I'm pretty driven um, in that aspect, but now the boys came back in great nick. Like I gave them about a month, a month or five weeks off before we had a meeting with all our new recruits and meeting about six weeks out before preseason. And, um, you know, even at SNFL level, preseason's changed so much now where, you know, probably 20 years ago, the boys came to preseason to get fit. But now it's okay, boys, you come back as fit as you have ever been to get fitter. So that's been the attitude that's been the attitude of our guys. Um, I've been really impressed with how they've come back. Um, some lots of really good 2K times and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and the training standards been great. So um, I couldn't um, I couldn't be more pleased with you know how our recruits have rocked up. But then also the current guys who are on our list, how motivated they are to, to, to climb that tree again. I ran into Aaron Young doing some Christmas shopping before the end of the year and um, I had a quick chat and said if he enjoys preseason, he said no. Um, and then I said uh, what his mentality would have been like because obviously a McGarry medalist, but for those who don't know, he's he'd never won a premiership in his whole life, not even as a junior. And I, I feel, Serge, that if, if you guys managed to win the grand final last year, there was a chance that Youngie would have gone home or retired. So the fact that um, someone like him uh, obviously has had a huge impact on the club can you, you talk about some of the other players that we can look out for because last season was really good for North Adelaide not just in the seniors but the resis the women um, it, it's a brilliant time to be a rooster yeah it is and uh, just on Aaron Aaron's all bluff um, <laughs> Aaron uh, Aaron talks big game oh yeah if I win one I'm retiring but Aaron actually loves just playing football and just competing and being involved like he said he said for the last two years now that he's going to retire, but he keeps coming back. So um, he's um, 
No, nah, he's an outstanding individual. I've obviously known Youngy for 10-plus years now, playing with him and being a teammate with him at Port Adelaide, and now he's coach of the Roosters. And um, he, He's great with our young guys. He, he helps develop them. He helps motivate them um, to get better and, and wants these younger kids coming through our twos to, to improve and get better because we know at the end of the day that's going to make our club strong. And, um, yeah, that's, it's... it's some of the some of the new recruits, obviously Jesse White and Sammy Mays, have been amazing on the track for us. So like, you know, I can understand why. Um, while Maisie had such a um, a really strong AFL career up in Brisbane, um, and even at Port Adelaide, he's just a fantastic leader. And along with Jesse, like Jesse's just a, he's a 34 year old young kid who's bouncing around the walls at the moment and just really enjoying his time and just and just shows you know the the level of commitments. Um, in regards to the way you need to play and the way you need to prepare your body, like I think he's 35 at the end of this year, but you you, you wouldn't tell he's as fit as he's ever been. Um, he runs really well, and um, he he's been he's been basically like a young kid coming into the system and just learning again and just um, and giving all his knowledge to the younger kids coming through, and it's been brilliant. So um, yeah, we we feel we feel like the club's in a really good place. Like you know three grand finals, including, well, four grand finals, if you include our women um, who won it last year, and then obviously our under-18s reserves and league team all made it, but we all lost. So hopefully we can change that this year. Uh, is Jesse White trying to get everybody to sign up to his gym as well and thinks sees that as an opportunity to get more members? 100%. He's a smart businessman. I'd be, I'd be doing the same thing. Um no, he's, he's a rip. I've been to a couple of sessions and they're, they're pretty solid down there at One Two Foxy in Clemsic. <laughs> it's um, it's it's actually, you know, I like hitting things as well. So <laughs> I, I, I go there and do some boxing, and it's 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 a bit it's a bit of fun, but it's it's hard work. So he does resistance bands. He's got some weights and stuff there, and uh, no, he's done a great job with his business, and he loves it. Like, a lot of our boys go there. I know a lot of the Port Adelaide. Um, uh, younger guys have been there. I think Matty Lobie and some of the development guys have been there and done some sessions because I think uh, Jesse's good friends with Tyson Goldsack, who's the new coach of the Magpies in the SANFL. And um, a few of the boys have been there and done some sessions. It's really fun. It's enjoyable. Um, and, if, yeah, if you like hitting things, then, you know, his, uh, his, class is the, um, his class is the way to go. It's done in the dark too, um, yeah. Serge. And uh, you do your best work in the dark, I think, as well. So no wonder you, you get down there pretty often. <laughs> Yes, probably, uh, probably fifteen, twenty years ago, Gibbsy. Not anymore, <laughs> mate. Unfortunately. Just so, before we um, let you go, yeah, no, it, it, it's good. Serge, you're a, you're a family man. Um, you and I see each other at school drop off, and we look at each other and go, "What decisions have we made in our lives?" <laughs> And um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we, we live in the same area, which is great. But I, I know that your wife, Alison, has got a, a really good business going on and, and um, she's been through a lot. And I think it's really important we talk about how well she's going. Yeah, oh, yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, now she has been through a lot. Um, she's obviously um, on the back end of all her um, breast cancer stuff, which is um, which has been pretty confronting for the last two years. But um, no, health-wise, she's doing really well at the moment. Uh, she's um, she's on the road to recovery, which is good. It's just we're going through all the other details now in regards to um, a few other things uh, with her. But um, no, she's uh, she's she's flying business. She started her own business called the Jagged Enrod Group, which is a human resource business. So she's doing. Um, she does a lot of jobs in regards to CEO, general managers, and a lot of strategy stuff for businesses. So she's starting to really fly at the moment, and um, and she's been out on her own since probably just uh, late late November, December, and um, now she's going really well. And um, 
No, the business is good. She's actually uh, she's actually got the job. She's won the job to replace Bruce Jute at the committee for Adelaide at the moment. So wow. he's applying for that. He'll obviously be running that. So she's um, yeah, she's flying. She's some, doing some really good things. And uh, yeah, if anyone needs any help in that space, they can reach out to Ali at the Jagger Emerald Group. That'd be good. So that's a nice little plug, isn't it? No, it's a very long one, mate, but it's also fine. Um, uh, we appreciate your time, Serge, <laughs> and the countdown is on uh, until school goes back because we know you've got about 16 kids, so um, you're you're looking yeah. forward to moving that people mover around um, the peninsula area, but um, in all seriousness, um, <laughs> we've, got the, we've got the two Kia Carnivals at the moment, so they are <laughs> very, very good cars. <laughs> uh, we appreciate your time, mate, because uh, you you're a credit to yourself in the way that you carry yourself. But um, also, North Adelaide very lucky to have you and the Sandful as well, man. You're, you're really accessible and you give a lot. So all the best heading into this season, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you really soon, Jacob Surgeon. Thanks for your time. Legends, thanks guys. Appreciate it, and uh, good to have you back on the radio. Well, she, you know that. You know, I love you on the radio. Thank you very much. <laughs> he's a ripper, isn't he? He's a he's a hard person to um, play against, I'm sure. And also, you know, you have to dislike him because you're obviously you're going to be coming up against North Adelaide um, this season. Yeah, guys. we wish him all the best, except for when they play the Panthers a, a couple of times. That's for sure. But uh, I love it. You, you come come off the ground, have a rest on the bench, and he coaches from the bench. Yeah, and he's very animated, gets very angry, yells out, yeah. right out, and. He, uh, he certainly wears his heart on his sleeve and, and coaches like that, which is uh, which is fantastic. It's a class operator. 13 minutes to eight on this Thursday morning. Next, we're going to catch up with Izzy Hodgson, the captain of Adelaide United. It'll be a little bit warmer over the weekend, especially on Saturday at Service FM Stadium where Adelaide United take on Melbourne Victory. It is the original rivalry in the Liberty A-League women's competition, a must-win game for Adelaide United as well if they want to compete for the finals and hopefully do a couple better than they did last season. The person that can tell us all about that is the captain on this Ladies' Day today. Izzy Hodgson, morning, Izzy. Morning, how are we? We are very well, thank you. How are you going leading into uh, another must-win game? It's a really important three points. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge game for us. I think we're all really excited and, you know, playing victory always brings out the best for us because it's a good rivalry there. Uh, just tell us about the last couple of results, Izzy. Uh, haven't been, well, haven't gone quite to plan. Uh, how's the coach, Adrian Stenter, been? What's, uh, has he changed anything up? Has he put a, a new couple of tactics in place? How, how has he handled it and, and how have the girls responded? Yeah, look, the last couple of games really haven't gone the way we wish, um, but I think we're still playing some really good football. Um, we just haven't really been getting those results. So, um, you know, the coach, Adrian, he's, super confident in us and he's kind of backing us in and, and he's putting a lot of faith in us that we can turn this around and if we keep playing the way we are, the results are going to come. So a lot of confidence within the within the playing group. We've mentioned this a couple of times, Izzy, and the, the past few seasons for Adelaide United, we've I, I guess it's safe to say we've almost been satisfied if we've We've mixed it with the best in the competition, but the theme over the past two seasons especially has been we're good enough to actually defeat the best teams in the competition and become one of the best teams. So as much as it's good to bank those early points as we have done, um, this game becomes really crucial if we want to show the rest of the competition that we can defeat sides like the reigning champs, but also um, attempt to get our maiden championship. Yeah, definitely. We definitely have a different mindset over the last couple of years that, you know, we're not just here to make up numbers. We're here to compete for the championship. So games like this are super important. You know, it's a very short um, comp and only top four go go in and there's a lot of great teams 
bidding for those top four positions. So if we want to get there, we have to beat the best teams and we'll be playing one of them on, on Saturday afternoon. A little bit of redemption as well, obviously getting victory at home last season, but then facing them in a, in a final with a bit of heartbreak. Does it make it that more special where the potential to beat them back at home? Absolutely. I don't think anyone who was on that field in the final against victory are going to go in lightly. Um, you know, we'd beat them earlier that year and it was really heartbreaking for them to beat us in a final at home. So I think that's going to carry a lot of weight on the girls' shoulders and um, be- to try and, yeah, get some redemption back. And let's be honest, Izzy, we love beating uh, the Victorian sides no matter what code <laughs> it is. So uh, please make sure that happens. Um, can I just get a word on Mindy and uh, what she brought to the side? Obviously, arguably one of her, or if not the best player in the competition last year. How has she fitted in and, and what does she bring to the table? Yeah, Mindy's fantastic. She's um, a great, great midfielder, a great player, very, very skillful with the ball and her set pieces are are amazing. And obviously she used to play at victory, so she's got a little bit of extra oomph to come on this weekend playing her old, her old side. But yeah, she's been great for us bringing in someone with lots of experience in this league. Hey, before we let you go, Izzy, can you give us a little bit of insight? Um, you're an active player in the elite competition here in Australia and we have a World Cup coming to Australia very soon. The, the excitement that you have, but the potential of what it can do, not just for the league where people get to have a look at what it's like to play in Australia, but also for women's football. Do you have the excitement building up now that we get to showcase this international event here in Australia? Absolutely. I mean, it's honestly once in a lifetime opportunity to have, you know, international football in your backyard, which, you know, is that ever going to happen again? You know, who knows? So I'm really excited for it. And, you know, it's going to do great things for the league we play in. But I also just think for local football as well and getting girls out there, getting girls out playing um, football, which is what's most important. And I'm, I'm really hoping a lot of people who maybe have never watched women's football go out to a, go out to a game when the World Cup's here and fall in love with it like we all have. So, and then they start coming out to our games, which would be great. Well, we want lots of people to head out to Service FM Stadium on Saturday, a big match against the victory. And people have been turning out as well. The venue's fantastic. Um, It's the home of um, Football South Australia. And of course, then you get the opportunity to play at Coopers, which I'm sure you love as well. Good luck, Izzy. It's It's such a massive game as well. Three points can get us into fourth position with victory sitting above us on the ladder. And as Bryce said, we really like to ruin their chances of making finals as well. So anything you can do to stuff up the victory, that would be fantastic. Yes, we're on it. Hopefully get the three points. <laughs> Thank you so much to Izzy Hodgson, the captain of Adelaide United. Uh, it's it's a great afternoon out there as well. And uh, when they have the double headers at Cooper Stadium, it's it's brilliant. Um, I got to take my daughter out to, to watch the players the other night. And it was amazing just at the end, Bryce, to go, like she said, I just want to play football now. Like just to go and watch sport live. I don't know what you like with your kids, but to get them up close and personal and to see that, it's um it changes their mentality and, and gets them involved in sport. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I probably haven't done it a whole lot with the kids just yet. They've certainly come out and watched me play football uh, out at South Adelaide and, and love doing that, having a kick on the, the oval at quarter time and yeah. half time and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, something I'm really looking forward to do is taking my kids, Charlie and Madison, to live sport uh, in the future. It's awesome. Uh, go and support Adelaide United this weekend. And of course, the men are playing uh, tomorrow night as well against MacArthur at Cooper Stadium. We are here, MG, coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. Next, we are going to find out everything that is happening at the Australian Open. Good morning. Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 
lot happening this half an hour as well. Darcy Brown from the Australian women's cricket team will speak to before 8.30 and we need to announce the caller or texter of the day as well. Uh, 1-300-736-736. We are here at SENSA Studio Lumo SA at 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Let's talk Australian Open. An Australian Open update for Kia, a pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Handful of Australians left in the Australian Open. Bryce, and let's go straight to a person that knows what it takes to win when it matters, especially at Grand Slams. Mark Woodford, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us on SENSA. Uh, fellas, good talking to you. That's a nice little intro. I appreciate that one. Thank you. <laughs> well, there's a fair bit going on over in Melbourne at the moment if it's not uh, crazy heat or crazy rain and then there's complaints about the quality of the balls. What's happening? What have we woken up to overnight? <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure if uh, uh, you know some players have actually uh, got to sleep. I mean, the, the day yesterday was extended um, they, they were holding the matches back very late and I think uh, well, I, I was there calling the Hijikata uh, match last night and they were still putting matches on holding them they they really needed to get through some of uh, the, the schedule but boy Melbourne throwing everything at the players once again I mean with the the heat and then the rain um, uh, you, you know it just uh, it that's what it takes to win a grand slam you've got to be able to survive all of those ups and downs it's like a roller coaster ride so mark uh, would love an update on how our Aussies are going we obviously know Nick Curios has, has pulled out with that that leg injury um, his partner yep. in crime Tanasi looks like he's in pretty good form yeah I, I definitely you know very uh, uh, stark contrast to last year and we all know that you know Tanasi arrived at the AO last year you know fatigued having put in a, a great effort in Adelaide winning the title there and it was such a short turnaround for him um, and, and much like Quan the other night uh, you know winning in Adelaide um, you know and a day later he's he's over here having to prepare unable to navigate his way but Tanasi this year a lot more rested um, and I think he had the benefit, guys, as well of of seeing Andy Murray win that uh, amazing first round match against Berrettini, and kind of I think that might have inspired him back in the locker room because he went out and absolutely blitzed Fabio Fognini in straight sets and came back yesterday to complete that match. So I, I think it's a, a great opportunity um, to try and resurrect his ranking because unfortunately uh, it, it's taken a bit of a dive whilst he might be you know feeling good about his tennis the ranking went south after he wasn't able to um, emulate the same results from Adelaide last year but a great opportunity I think a lot of it is going to depend on how uh, uh, well rested Andy Murray is going to be um, from his first round. So the big talking point was yesterday afternoon with Rafa needing to take some time to get some treatment and then um, the, the broadcast vision cut to his partner who was in tears and we, we all thought the worst because it's been um, a, a couple of years where people are saying farewell to the Australian Open that have been household names for over a decade and we're just so familiar with seeing the best players in the world coming to Australia. So Rafa obviously um, getting the defeat is, is this the last time we're going to see him in an Australian Open? I think that's what the, the you know was floating around yesterday. Obviously, a lot of tension post-match 
you know, what, what is Rafa going to say, um, you know, when he comes into the press conference? Uh, what, once he settles down, comes, comes down after the match, right? Uh, you know, you're out there on the competitive field um, and, and you walk off absolutely shattered that, you know, your body has betrayed you. And, uh, you know, and clearly we're seeing his wife in the stands and, and, and she has, you know, she, she's in the perfect place. She understands Rafa, obviously, you know, spending time away from the tennis courts and, you know, a bit of pillow talk. So she probably, you know, knew something and uh, it, it was just, it was tr- tragic. Um, so sad to see her that upset. But, um, you know, look, he came into the, the press conference and, and uh, was very somber. Um, but, he, he, you know, he didn't really mention that it was going to be his last time here in Australia. So, um, you, you know, no doubt he's going to have some time off to recover. Um, the clay court season, you know, is not that far away. And that's where he builds, you know, so much of his ranking during that clay court season. But it is such a, a physical um, uh, battle on those clay courts. Um, you, you just wonder, is he going to be able to continue his wizardry on those courts um, when, you, you know, when he suffered this injury? Um, but, but it was awful to watch and it certainly marred yesterday. Uh, so it's Women's Day on SENSA this morning. So let's talk about the women's side of things. Uh, we've seen yeah. some mixed results. Uh, some of our Aussie girls have been have been uh, bowed out already and still some are in, are in the second round. It looks like a bit of an, an open draw this year with what's happening with the women's side. Uh, what can you tell us uh, that's happening over there? Yeah, yeah. Look, they're, they're certainly, um, you, you know, the field wide open. Um, but but then you, you know I, I just wonder it does um, is that taking you know a, a lot of focus away from the number one seed Iga Schwantek. I mean she has uh, coming into this year's tournament um, built such a, a massive lead between her at number one and the second ranked player. It's something like six thousand points, um, which which is a phenomenal amount. So one would expect it that she is the outright favourite, but um, you, you know, there are a number of others that are trying to put their hand up and feel like they've got a, a great chance. And, you know, in Adelaide, uh, uh, Arena Sabalenka certainly hit her strides and she seemed like she was able to control herself, her, her emotions, and, and more importantly, that serve. She is, uh, has the game that can go a long way. Um, one of my favourites that I really enjoy watching because I think it, I, I get the feeling that it's a little like Ash Barty the way she plays is the gal from Tunisia on Jabour. But boy, she struggled through her first round and, and she does have her knee bandaged. Uh, she seemed to be very uncomfortable with the weather conditions. But, you know, again, you, you know, you can't win a Grand Slam in your first or second round. You can sure lose it. But she did very well to avoid a, an upset along the way. And uh, I, I'd like to believe that she's going to be there at, at the back end. She's just got such a wonderful game that I think can really affect Iga Schwantek. Just before we let you go, Mark, does it feel normal again over there at the Australian Open? I, I feel in, in Adelaide things are starting to feel a little bit more normal. It's been a, a unique competition for the past couple of years due to COVID and um, people not being allowed in the country for whatever reason. Does it feel like the Australian Open that we are so familiar with now? It, it, it's it's getting there. Um, you know, I arrived on, on, on Monday morning. I stayed in Adelaide a couple of extra days and um, so unusual for me to fly in on the first day of, of the slam, but 
at Melbourne Airport, there was an incredible buzz. I, I got to the grounds later that night to call the match and uh, they had a bumper crowd through. I, and again, the Australian Open has offered us a lot of uh, upsets along the way. But that's the beauty of the, the, the Grand Slam is you can lose some of the favourites in the early rounds, but there are others that still continue to, to, to carry a story. And, uh, you know, we've, we've lost a great champion yesterday, arguably one of the all-time greats in Rafa Nadal, but there is plenty of focus on the Australians uh, who, especially on the men's side, are, are doing very well. And the crowd are loving it right now. I think that's exciting as well, as you said. You know, it's it's bittersweet that we we say farewell to Rafa and Roger last year, and and Ash is not there. And um, but this is an opportunity for the next generation of international superstars that we might be having a conversation in the next fifteen years, saying that they could be the greatest of all time too. Yeah, it, that's that's so true, and it's hard to say goodbye to our our great champions, especially. Um, you, you know, on the men's when we've had Roger and Rafa and no, Novak still out there. And I think for me, you know, is is the firm favourite for, for the men's title. Uh, you know, he just loves this court. He loves being in Australia. He's got great support um, and, and pushing for number 10, uh, 10 Australian Open titles. Uh, I mean, it, it's just phenomenal. But yeah, there's there's always these uh, the next brigade that have been waiting in the uh, you know on the sidelines for a number of years. So this is a an opportunity for them. Well, it's hard to say goodbye to you as well, Mark Woodford, but we have to because uh, we are running out of time. But thank you so much for the insight into the Australian Open. Good to chat to a good South Aussie as well. So we appreciate having you on SENSA, and we'd love to have you back before we get to the final. Uh, I, it's a pleasure and hopefully we can talk again and, and speak about the, the great effort of Kokonakis beating Andy Murray. Thank you so much, Mark Woodford, for joining us on SENSA. It's going to be a brilliant weekend. Uh, hopefully the, the weather's not too crazy as well, Bryce, because it's been everything. You've lived in Victoria forever. You just never know what you're going to get, right? No, you, uh, if it starts off sunny, you're still putting a jumper in the car, knowing that it's probably going to snow in a couple of hours' time. So you've got to be prepared for all elements. We are in the SENSA studio, Lumo SA, 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Darcy Brown from the Australian women's cricket team next. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group, this is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Ladies' Day today, too, on SENSA. We've been asking you the most influential women in Australian sport. You can send us a text 0427 154 166 or get involved on Twitter. Um, Someone who's already influential and only early into her international cricket career is South Australia's very own Darcy Brown. They played yesterday, Australia thrashing Pakistan by 10 wickets in Brisbane. Uh, Game three of the series is on Saturday at North Sydney Oval. Darcy joins us now. Morning, Darcy. Morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Off the back of another good win yesterday, and you you managed to uh, feature in the wicket takers three for thirty two. Talk us through the game. Um, yeah, I guess it was it was good to to get uh, such a convincing win. Take ten wickets um, is in an ODI is one of our goals, I guess. And um, you know it doesn't happen as much as we'd like to. So to do that, it was it was really good. Um, we were still a little bit two sides of the wicket like the first game, but um, I think it was slightly better. Um, and looking forward to the last one to close it out um, in Sydney. Uh, you've been in the, the wicket-takers regularly, uh, Darcy. Um, how have you found your form? Are you happy with how you're going and as a bowling unit uh, altogether as well? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you're always happy if you're taking some wickets, but um, I guess there's still a little bit of refinement to do um, for for me, but also um, the whole bowling unit in general. It's the sort of the first few hit outs that we've had together um, for a while, and especially in ODIs. I don't, can't remember the last time we played one of them um, together, um, but yeah, hopefully, yeah, we keep improving and keep pushing um, and looking forward to the T20 World Cup coming up. So what happens when the team makes 129 and doesn't lose a wicket? What do uh, the other players do? Do they have to do some extra sessions in the nets? Because you'd love to be out there making runs, but it'd be quite frustrating as well when uh, the players wanted to get out there and have a hit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's a credit to Moons and Steve who, who stuck it out there for, for that whole time. Um, but yeah, I think a few of the girls went and had a hit afterwards, so um, us bowlers had to wait around a little bit longer, which I guess is all right. But, um, yeah, we don't do do a whole lot because we, we've already done all our bowling, um, being out there for almost 50 overs. But, yeah, a few of the girls went went over and had a bit of a hit, which is, um, I think topped them up because a few of them wouldn't have even batted in the first game either, which is, which is um, great for the team, I guess. And just a word on um, Phoebe Litchfield. She's only 19. She's got a bright future ahead of her. Um, she's in some cracking form at the moment. Yeah, she's she's been doing awesome. It's no surprise to any of us that she's doing so well. She's a she's a very hard worker and um yeah, big bundle of energy and um yeah, it's great to have her around the group. Um I played lots of uh underage cricket with her. So um yeah, she's been she's been a ball of energy and so much fun. It's great to see her um do well. Makes a lot of competition when um, the, the squad prepares to head to South Africa as well for the T20 World Cup. Obviously, things went well back in 2020 at the MCG against India, but there's going to be a, a real fight for spots in the squad with a, a real mix of um, experience and, and youth too, like yourself. Yeah, I guess that's the, um, the beauty of it. Um, there's so much, I guess, um, depth in, in, in uh, domestic cricket um, so anyone, I think, they could literally pick up and they'd do well. So, um, yeah, it'll be tough for the selectors. I'm glad I'm not them. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it'll be exciting um, to, to go away and, and see how we go. And obviously, a proud South Australian, Darcy, you're obviously still keeping an eye on the Scorpions and, and how they're going. They've got a big couple of matches coming up themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they play today, actually. So um, we'll keep checking the scores while we're, while we're flying to Sydney. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can continue their win streak and um, yeah, get a few more few more wins on the board and hopefully a few of the girls do really well. Um, yeah, they've been d- doing so good the last few games. Um, a few close ones over in Perth as well that a few of us watched. But um, no, it was, it's awesome to see them do so well. We love it, Dars. Thanks so much for your time. Good luck uh, in the final match of the series uh, at North Sydney Oval. It's going to be nice and disgustingly humid over there as well. But um, continue <laughs> to do well, not just for your state, but also for your country. And we appreciate your time on OCNSA. No problem. Thank you. Gibbs, there was a couple of years ago, there was a, a school sports awards just down the road here in the city from um, SEN Studio, Lumo Studio. And um, uh, it was basically the award for the best young athlete um, in the schools around South Australia. And Darcy Brown was the winner of that at 16, 17 years of age. And now she's one of the best Australian cricketers in the international competition. It's it's unreal her rise. And we're lucky that in not just international cricket for the men's and the women's, finally we have a lot of South Australians playing for Australia because that didn't happen a while ago. Yeah, it's fantastic to see, isn't it? And, you know, we, we, we love our Aussie teams as a whole, but 
even more so when they're from South Australia. And you just take that little bit more extra, pay that a little bit more extra attention to how they're going personally. And, and we love uh, a great success story. And she's been certainly one of those. Been a big week. We are going to wrap up the show next on SENSA. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. Been a big week, a big show as well. If you missed any of it, you can have a listen to the podcast. We caught up with Jacob Surgeon from North Adelaide, Isabel Hodgson from Adelaide United, Mark Woodford, All-Australian Open, and just then Darcy Brown from the Australian women's cricket team. Plenty of text today as well, Gibbsy. So we're going to give the Signet Power Bank, valued at $59.95, a Signet Boost Power Bank. will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Steve from Seton, it's obviously Women's Day today on SENSA, and he gave us a stack of names, stack of nominations, uh, including O'Neill, Triggett, Pearson, Jackson, Fraser, Kerr, just to name a few. So thanks for that text Steve from Seton. Uh, did you want to give a special shout out as well before you get into trouble? I do, I do and there's a little bit of a backstory to this. To my wife Lauren, um, obviously being Women's Day as we've mentioned a number of times today, um, one of her pet hates is when we go out together and we run into people and all people ever want to do is talk about me and talk about football mm. and she's standing there a little bit flat because a lot of people don't, uh, wouldn't know uh, and don't realise that she's uh, a, an elite athlete in our family as well. She mm-hmm. um, comes from a netball background, played a, a lot of high-level netball uh, at state league level, represented Australia at, uh, at underage level, spent some time at the AIS as well, um, and is a, a damn good sporting person in our family as well. So just a shout-out to you, Loz. Um, I haven't mentioned it too much, and... Our kids certainly get their sporting prowess from you, and certainly not me. So So that set you up for the whole weekend with brownie points, hasn't it? Well done. Um, It's been a big week here in SENSA Studio Lumo, 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, We are back on Tuesday. Quickly, what's plans for the rest of the day? Uh, not a whole lot today. I might take the day and spend it with uh, with my little man. Oh, very nice. I am going to continue my bakery tour of South Australia from Brighton to Victor Harbour as part of the Santos Tour Down Under. Thank you so much for listening to us this week, 1629 SENSA. We're back on Tuesday. Have a great day.